Ram, can you hey, hear me? Hey, Sean. Yes, hey. I can. You can hear me sweet. Hold on, let me get my, my controls right. Testing, testing. Okay. Yes. Hold on, let me let me get this full screen together. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Hold on. Give me one more test test speak. Yes. Can you hear me, Sean? I can hear you well. Oh, great, um, great. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Very, very worked out. Dude, it all worked out. Very happy to be with you and, and, and thank you for taking this time in your in your busy schedule. No, I mean thank you so much for uh, you know, kind of like having me on your podcast. Uh, I think I've, I'm a huge fan of AVG and uh, I was kind of like very surprised that he actually mentioned me in his podcast, which kind of like introduced you to each other. I mean, to me and now with each other. 100%. Alan uh, Von Geisen is, is absolutely the man. And when he mentioned yeah. you, I was like, man, that is super interesting. And then I looked you up and you were super interesting. And I was like, I got to have him on the Speaking From Water podcast. So, um, with all that said, let me let me get, get, read you a quick intro for the audience so they, they kind of understand who you are, okay? And let me um, yeah. uh, make sure I, I pronounce your name correctly in, in full volume. Uh, Rahman, Rahmanan Perenjeep. Bring it, bring, run, uh, run that, no. run that. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm, I'm a, a dumb American and I, I don't, my, um, yeah. my uh, Indian is not uh, the best. So give it to me. No, no worries. I think it's perfectly all right. Uh, you know, it's, really hard to get uh, my name right the very first time uh, so let me just uh, you know say that one more time from my end my name is uh, ram mohan paranjapi ron mohan pen all right give me give me the last part again we're going to cut all this out i just want to get this straight yeah okay it's paranjapi p a r a n paranjapi paranjapi japai paranjapi Paranjapate. Yes, yes. You, you got it. Yeah. Pate. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. But normally I go with the shortest thing, which is Ram. You know, people Ram. call me Ram and that's just for Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, well, Ram, thank you very, very much um, again for coming on. And, um, and let me, let me do a quick little read real quick. Um, Raham Paranjapate. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Is this, yeah. Yes. And, and um, just, Full disclosure, my last name is Rut K, and people all over the place say Rut Key, you know. So I, I am very yeah, uh, exactly, cognizant. Yeah, exactly. How it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, my uh, my lineage is Hungarian, and no one okay. um, in in America knows Hungarian. So uh, I I sympathize, my my brother. Um, okay, so Ram uh, is a self-taught photographer, surfer, and adventure traveler. His journey began in his early teens after dropping out of college with travel adventure and surfing being his muse. Inspired by offbeat landscapes, oceans, and extreme adventures, Ram has traveled extensively and documented some amazing expeditions and adventures across Indian subcontinent. And I'd also like to add, you are uh, India's only professional uh, surf photographer. And out of a billion people, dude, out of a billion people, I'm so stoked to have you on the show. And it is uh, just um, incredible to have you here. So with all that said, um, thank you again. Thanks, and thanks, Sean. Really looking forward to this one. <laughs> dude, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. It's about uh, Saturday afternoon, your time, 6 p.m. Uh, it's uh, Saturday morning, my time. 
and um, tell me what's going on in India right now. I hear a lot about the new COVID lockdown. You guys thought you, you yeah. passed out of the wave, but now the wave's hitting you harder than it ever hit us in our worst time. So um, from a country that got hit hard, we, uh, we're, we're praying for you and your people and um, let us know how you are doing right now. Uh, I'm perfectly, you know, in the right place, I would say personally, because we, I mean, I live in the countryside, uh, whether when I'm close to the coast as well, you know, we kind of like live a little far from the, the city and from the crowd. So that's okay when I'm at, at the coast. And now I'm currently in a bit inland. And again, this is like more like a very farm community sort of a thing, you know, so we're a little out from any of the, you know, the crazy things which are going on in the big cities normally. So that way I'm really safe and sound and which I'm very thankful for. But yes, we are just going through that second wave as of now in India. And uh, it's, it seems like you know, it's, it's worse than what we had uh, last year, the, the first wave. So this seems to be, I mean, they are saying this is the mutant uh, uh, you know, uh, virus, which is a bit uh, hard to you know, uh, detect. It's much more contagious and you know, it's kind of like really creating uh, a lot of havoc, you could say. Uh, in the thing and yeah the, the cases are going up uh, we don't know we are not under complete lockdown but i think there's a lot of restrictions around you know like you know how we travel and how we go about things uh complete uh, a lot of restrictions in place and now since it's a weekend the weekends are complete lockdown so you know you're not really going out uh, you can't really go out during the weekends as of now and you know it's all uh just kind of like wait and watch do what we can do as in precautionary uh you know so those we're just hoping that you know we get through this second wave uh without much uh, damage yeah well i hope you can use this time to kind of hunker down and get creative with all the material that you've gotten over the years and that's kind of how how i treated my lockdown was just a an internal mental creativity time so i i i, I bet you're going to come up with some cool stuff in this uh, downtime. Absolutely. I think I'm kind of like looking forward to, especially if I can get to the coast in the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, let's say some good surf and, you know, some good, uh, uh, you know, surfing photos. If I can shoot something great, uh, then that would be great. You know, it would be a good, uh, good phase this year. So tell me about your kind of local beach. Where, you're in the countryside now. Um, I'm sure you have a connection to the countryside. Uh, it sounds like the countryside is more of a place where uh, there's not as many people as you just described, but the beach, it sounds like, is where the population is. Is that is that true? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, India, anywhere, any coastal part of India has quite a considerable uh, amount of population, you could say. But then there are also towns, which are towns or small villages along the coastline, you know, which are not too heavily crowded, you know, unexplored. Uh, really kind of like, you know, out of reach or unknown sort of parts of the coastal uh, thing. So there's, there's plenty of those in India. Uh, and I live by this particular beach, which is about about 20 miles from the city, kind of like out of, uh, out of the city. Uh, and it's really amazing. And that's where we have our surf club as well. You know, we have a, I think that's the first surf club in the country. And that's where I grew up. I was introduced to the ocean and, and surfing and photography. And like all happened from that uh, little town, you know, uh, where we live, where we have a base set up. And, uh, and also it's kind of like, you know, we have a, a bit of private beach access, you know, it's like a peninsula, it doesn't have a road access. You have to kind of like get 
get to that particular beach by crossing the backwaters and uh, you know that's uh, you know that's my setup and that's really i mean even if there's a lockdown or whatever is happening we can go to the beaches we can go surfing i can take my camera and that's like the, the best thing i could uh, uh, you know ask for during these times you know that's that's the setup excellent so what is what is the beach called for for those uh, out there who might want to look it up on google earth Huh, okay, so it is, you know, people can look up Mulki, that's the town, and particularly if they can look up Manta Surf Club, you will find us on the map, and then you will find a peninsula, like, you know, separated by backwaters, and it's called, we call it Mantra Beach, because it's kind of like, uh, we have named the beach after the club, after the surf club, uh, but it's not an official name, it's kind of like that beautiful stretch of uh, uh, beach, which sticks out, uh, it's, it doesn't have public access, and that's where we go surfing. You know, people can find it. Yeah, if they look up Mantra Surf Club, Mulki, you know, they, you'll find that in the Google, and then you'll find a peninsula, you know, with the, with the beach. That's, that's our base. I'll, I'll put a link in the comment section for sure. Now, tell us, tell us what it is that the beach setup is like. Are, 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 is it a beach break, a point break? Um, what kind of swell do you get throughout the year? How big does it get? What, what are these? Um, uh, variables yeah so it's mostly all beach break uh, beach breaks along that uh, you know along our coastline where i am it's all mostly beach breaks but we do have uh, you know like especially our beach has also has a big river mouth so the river mouth kind of like produces a lot of beach breaks and different different breaks at points uh, we get a lot of a frames at times if the, if the sandbar is nicely settled and you know if it's uh, it's all good and it have a decent swell. I think now this week we are getting some really good uh, decent swell, you know, about three to four feet, five feet, uh, you know, because this is a pre-monsoon season and this is when, you know, our surf season really kicks in uh, and it, it goes, you know, for about next three to four months, you know, it's really good. We start getting some bigger swell during the pre-monsoon and monsoon uh, and, you know, the kind of like all the beach breaks really activate. If the sand if the sandbars are nicely set and uh, yeah you know it, it's, it's a great uh, time of the year for us to go surfing uh but there are also other breaks along you know depending on the condition you know we can move around 10 miles 15 miles 20 miles from our home break and you know you get different setups you know along the way uh but it's almost a beach break so yeah beautiful and what what's the coastline like do you have lots of tall buildings um is it is it interspersed with Little little cities in the background, countryside. Give me an aesthetic uh, visual. Yes, uh, it's mostly a, it's very tropical. You know, it's very tropical. It's just a lot of uh, palm trees. You know, green palms, coconut trees along the entire coast. A lot of backwater rivers coming into the, uh, you know, joining the sea, and you know, a lot of uh, nice coastal uh, towns and no major city where we live in our state uh, you know it's not uh, very commercial not very touristy except a few places so it's very quaint and you know very laid back uh, where we are but if you go up north about six hours drive then you then you're gonna hit goa and goa is really famous for its beaches and a lot of tourists uh, you know it's kind of like uh, yeah very 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 busy uh, you know the beaches in goa you know that's about six hours drive and if you go down south then it's Kerala 
which is again very well known for its uh, long coastline and beaches and everything uh, but where we are is not uh, not too touristy uh, not much happening along the coast uh, but it's it's a great place for going surfing though yeah so if i was to travel uh, to you what international airport would i want to fly into uh you can actually fly right into our town which is mangalore airport uh you know it's about just 40 minutes drive from from our surf club mangalore surf club uh, it's kind of like connected through the middle east you know countries if you kind of like stop by in dubai or abu dhabi you know you could you know take take a flight and come into mangalore if not then i think the nearest other city would be bangalore that's like the capital of the state you can fly into bangalore international airport which is widely connected to all most of the international connections and then it's about an hour flight again to our place sounds sick when i when i'm uh, out of covid here and you're out of covid i i want to make a trip yeah. for sure um, oh that would be amazing yeah so so amazing um before we get into the questions i prepared you've just gotten back from a trip traveling around india yeah. um tell us a little bit about that yeah i mean i was actually traveling within my state and i was doing this collaboration with the uh, royal enfield bikes you know it's oldest motorcycling uh, company in the world uh you know the oldest manufacturers of uh, motorcycles it's a british uh brand but it's been you know it's been bought by an indian company for many years one of the like the coolest iconic motorcycle makers so i was kind of like riding their new bike and i was kind of like just doing creating a lot of content around uh, uh you know just riding the bike along the coastline you know i was kind of like i was kind of like exploring the coast on their bike and was getting some really cool uh uh shots and some videos and stuff like that um and i just yeah kind of when when you contacted me i was kind of like was getting ready for that which i got done and you know just amazing yeah, was able to finish that in time did you get some swell along the way yeah we got a couple of days there was some really good uh, swell you know so i was i was able to kind of like uh, plug in the surfing bit as well along with the shoot So that was cool, yeah. Sick, awesome. Well, um, let's get into it here. Um, I want to know, yeah, what, what, what made you you? Who, wh- who, where did you come from? Who are your parents? Um, tell me about the birth of Ram and how he became uh, a lover of the water and the sea. Okay, that's very interesting. Uh, very, very interesting question. You know, so for for me, you know, I was not born. uh anywhere close to the ocean you know i come from a big inland uh, uh you know city actually born in a city called bangalore which is like the it hub you could say from india so i was kind of like doing my uh high school and education and i had a couple of my friends my childhood friends who were the first surfers in the country you know they were introduced to surfing and we had a common teacher as well so his so our teacher was kind of like famously known as the surfing swami he was from florida jacksonville beach uh he was kind of like our spiritual guru as well you know he was our teacher but back in his early days he used to be a surfer uh so he surfed at uh, jacksonville beach in florida as as a teenager before he kind of like uh you know uh you know he he uh he met uh, a, an indian guru who became a uh, a speaker of uh, eastern philosophy and you know he was he got very 
interested uh, with the yoga and you know and practice of spirituality and he was introduced to india so he kind of like i think he came and settled down in india in the since the 1970s uh, you know so my parents were his followers and as kids we were also introduced uh, through the you know to the whole uh, you know to the philosophy and to the spiritual practice so and as kids you know he taught us and he was the one who kind of like really encouraged us to uh, uh, you know uh, to be in the ocean so he taught us how to swim he got us our surfboard he pushed us into our first waves that was like kind of like the introduction uh, to surfing for most of us uh you know kind of like we were a group of few uh students and uh he kind of like was 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 kind of like the godfather of uh for the surfing scene in india and uh, through his under his guidance you know we started the, the you know he he started the the very first surf club in the country and from there on it just went from you know from one thing to another you know and it's just a whole big uh, uh revolution you could say in india now so let me let me pause there uh uh this is an indian who was living in florida or was he a um an american caucasian no he was he was an american he was an american okay um, so he, he he's a surfer he travels to india with his surfing knowledge he becomes essentially it sounds like a surfing guru is this is this true yeah. no no yeah so he was a guru even before that i mean he kind of like he left surfing when once he was introduced to india and and you know and he became a monk he becomes a monk in the, the 70s uh, and kind of like settles pretty much settles down in india starts an ashram uh, you know he becomes a guru but not in a big way you know he was very small he was very uh, you know uh, that way he was very small uh, but but thing is yeah you know he had that surfing uh, background but he didn't surf i mean he that was not his uh, main thing uh, at that after he became after he chose a different path for himself surfing was kind of like at the back of his uh, thing uh, and he didn't take up surfing or he didn't surf for the next 30 35 years until at the, i think at age of 50 or 55 when uh, he kind of like was he was kind of like he had a bit of arthritis and he had to you know he was advised to take up some exercise do something he kind of got back into ocean he got back into you know surfing again and that's when he introduced us to surfing and it was kind of like all very accidental very uh, you know coincidental thing which happened and you know from there on uh, it was just a it picked up big time so he he dropped the seed he gave you guys yes. the the water knowledge yeah. and how how old are you at this time at that point i was about 15 16 years old yeah all right i was 16 beautiful so um uh how does college work in india so you you said in the bio section that you uh left uh, your formal education uh to pursue yes. this this passion this dream um is this around the same yeah. age yes it was pretty much around the same age so i think uh, i just finished my high school and i was kind of like doing my pre university thing for a couple of years and that's Uh, that's the time at the age of 16 i left uh, left that and uh, and i joined this whole uh, community you know which was really uh, doing wonderful things you know they were doing wonderful things and surfing was one 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 of the key things you know, which was happening and you know i fell in love with surfing and then also the the photography also happened at the same time for me it was the same time when i was introduced to both surfing and photography 
and that also kind of like uh, made me to really start working towards uh, shooting a lot of surf and ocean. Yeah. So um, now, what year is this? Just so I can put technology in the space of where we are. Yeah. So this was in two thousand five and six. So you're working two thousand five and early two thousand six. Yeah. You're working with digital cameras. Yeah, that's so. That was yeah. That was just the transition time when, especially in India, people were moving from the film, old film cameras to the digital cameras. And I, th I if I'm not wrong, I think my first camera was a three megapixel Nikon P300 or something. It was called. Uh, it was a, like a point and shoot. You know, it's a small camera. Digital was getting you three megapixel, 3.3 megapixel photo. And that's when I kind of like I picked up that and you know started. Uh, taking a lot of photos around where we were, which was really, you know, picturesque place, uh, kind of like enhanced myself, uh, my photography skills for, you know, for the next two, three years until I had my first DSLR in 2007, which was a Canon 20D. It's a great camera, you know, to start with, uh, to take up photography from a very serious perspective. So, Give us a little bit, bit more of this historical lineage. You get your first camera, then you get your second camera. And then it, is it at this point you start saying, hey, this is what I'm gonna do with my life. Um, I, I see the vision for the future with this. I have this skill of documentation now, and there's this burgeoning surf community that's popping up. Um, is, is, explain to us uh, what's going on in your mind and how uh, your environment kind of dictated your course of life. Okay, so I mean, obviously, uh, starting from 2005 to 2007, I wasn't like particularly very, uh, you know, I mean, I didn't have a plan. You know, I was, I, I was not, I was shooting anything and everything pretty much. I, you know, I had, I had not decided that I'm gonna be a surf photographer. Uh, this is what I'm gonna be shooting. I think for the first couple of years, it was just learning everything about photography, composition, lighting, the techniques, and everything with a tiny camera. I think in 2007, we all. From the from the surf club, the very core group, we had our first surf trip. You know, my we went to this very far remote island called Andaman Island, and uh, that is when I was also given the camera, a 20D camera. Was uh, you know, I, I I get to shoot with that particular camera, and that particular surf trip was the turning point of uh, my life. You know, you could say, you know, uh, that whole particular that whole trip, I was shooting only surf. I was just documenting the whole adventure part and you know, how we traveled how we camped at this jungle for about you know 10 days we were going surfing every single day and i was documenting this whole thing and after the trip when i got back i felt like oh wow this is something i really enjoyed doing you know because until that particular point you know i was not decided about anything uh, about photography i was just doing it i was shooting anything and everything until then but after that trip you know, it was, I felt like, oh, this is something which I really enjoy. And I also felt like, you know, I've always been that particular that person who's done something out of the box. You know, I didn't want to just end up, because in India, wedding, fashion, travel, are these are the big genres of photography. That's where people go and do, because that's where you get make money. And that's what uh, gets you a lot of uh, assignments and, you know, things. But for me, I wasn't really looking for, for that because I just wanted to be something of my own do something very different from other photographers who were doing in the country back then. So I started uh, surf photography as my specialization, you know, surfing and ocean from that 
point of uh, time, which is from 2007 onwards. What a renegade, so epic. So that is a, a amazing story. And just to fast forward, now you're you're super successful in the game. You're you, you've been in uh, magazines globally uh, with your work, and um, it's it's been a, a tremendous success story. It, it sounds like so. Um, just congratulations on on, on that. Thank and you. and I would just like to hit home for all the kids out there. You know, it pays to take an ulterior path into the jungle uh, with a machete. You know, you don't have to go down the path that all others have gone down, um, would you say? Absolutely, you know, that's something, you know, I kind of like realized very early that, you know, if you need, you know, either you have two, I mean, I look at it in two ways, you know, if you want to go on, on the same path which many have traveled, then you got to like do so much better than what they've done already. You got to like really stand out from what's already been created. And that way, you know, you could go in, in, a, in, in paths where people have already gone. Or you got to like stand out and create, make your own path, you know, make your own, uh, you know, journey, uh, which where you are pioneering the whole thing. And it's very hard. It's very hard to do something for the first time, do something on your own, but it ultimately pays off. So, yeah. And it pays off. And it sounds like uh, just hundredfold dividends because it is your own path, but it is also, remember, as you just said, incredibly difficult. And you have to, to, but anything in life worth doing is incredibly difficult, right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm, if I can recall, I think my learning curve was very, very, uh, very long because I didn't have anyone to kind of like look up to at my local beach uh, where I came from. I could just go to someone and say, hey, man, you know, this is what uh, I need to understand. What is the kind of gear I need to use? Uh, what should I be doing or what should I not be doing? Uh, these were the things which were uh, not easily available to me, you know, growing up, uh, especially at the age of 17, 18, you know, uh, I, I really didn't understand a lot about uh, surf photography, you could say. Uh, so it was it was definitely a very slow learning curve. And at that time, I mean, thanks to the internet, I used to follow a lot of amazing surf photographers, you know, uh, and my only learning was happening through internet. You know, I was just learning so much about what, you know, about the equipment, about how do you shoot surf, you know, how do you work with a surfer, and these are some of the things I was just learning through internet. And it, it, it took some time for sure. And I could still say today, you know, I'm still learning a lot about uh, the whole process. You know, the learning continues. Uh, but yeah, it, was, it, was, it didn't come on a plate. It didn't come uh, ready. Oh, here it is. And this is what you got to be doing. Yeah. Totally. So I want to transition now into the uh, surf culture of, of India. And kind of um, just for uh, listeners' sake, um, you came into my world, my orbit, through my interview with Alan Van Geisen, uh, who is a world-renowned surf photographer. We spoke in episode uh, three, I believe it was, or yes, three. And um, he mentioned you in, in the surf community in India. And that struck me as my um, ignorant American self. Uh, uh, I, I didn't know much about Indian surf culture, um, what it's like, and that really uh, got me uh, percolating. So. Um, can you break it down for, for us over here in the United States as to um, what surfing in India is today in 2001? Uh, we kind of re reviewed a second ago that it might have been brought by um, your guru from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so kind of uh, fill in these gaps, um, enlighten me to, uh, to surfing in India today. Uh, 
Yeah. See, now surfing in India is really getting off the thing, you know, it's getting off the charts. I mean, it's really becoming popular, especially in the southern India where the oceans meet, you know, the, the, the southern part of the country. Uh, people do know about surfing in the cities. It's become quite aspirational for young uh, people, the younger generation. You know, they want to try surfing and, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it's getting there, you know, it's becoming very popular. But, uh, but I think the history is very, you know, you know, it's only the surfing in India has about 20 years of history, you could say. It only started in the early 2000s uh, when uh, some of uh, my, you know, uh, peers from that time who got into surfing, led by our guru, and then, you know, some other community were inspired by what we were doing and they started a small surf community. And like that, you know, people started, in, people started getting inspired by the surfing uh, in, in small pockets along the coast. Uh, and that was like the beginning of the surfing scene about 20 years. So it's all about 20 years, you could say. And in that 20 years, you could, uh, I think the last 10 years have been very rapid, you know, growth in, in the surfing uh, uh, scene. And again, I think uh, we are entering into the next phase after the pandemic, where people are really getting into surfing now, you know, people really, because that's just because people have, are working from home mostly, uh, they're not able to travel outside because of the international restrictions, so they're traveling within the country. So we seem like, you know, surfing is going to go to the next uh, uh, level, where I think there's going to be even more popularity coming uh, to the sport. So there's a lot there I want to unpack, but let's let's start with the the core of surfing culture. You know, it goes back to Hawaii. Um, I've traveled a bit around the world, and anywhere I go to a beach community, um, there's there's certain elements that are always always there. You know, the people are more laid yes. back. They understand nature better. It almost seems like, and by that I mean sunrise, sunset, uh, tides. Um, so yeah. you have a a populace that has been around the water. It sounds like for thousands of years okay so they understand that part of it um but then you have this kind of foreign alien thing that's come in in the last 20 years in, in surfing yeah. and it's now like whoa um so with that said um you know the conditions there are right for the surfing to come up but it seems like there might be a gap with um equipment uh stuff like that the things the industry would need to bring in so with that yeah. said i would like to know are there surfboard shapers in India shaping? Uh, if so, who are they? Can you shout them out? And um, if not, uh, what is being done to bring surfboards, the thing, into India? Okay. Uh, see, right now in the India, I mean, obviously, as you said, you know, the industry is being was just started created, uh, started taking shape in the last ten to twelve years. You know, like. Uh, uh, getting the surfboards into the country where, and I personally have a small company which uh, brings, you know, a few brands you know, like Firewire, uh, NSP, and Hidden Shapes. You know, these are some of the surfboards we distribute in India. Uh, so we have a, uh, uh, you know, a, a couple of uh, companies, a small companies which we run. One, one is we do a lot of apparel, try to make them in India. A lot of surf apparel and accessories like leashes and fins and all those things. And then we have another setup which is all about dealing with surfboards and, uh, uh, and and standard paddle boards and all that and there's one shaper in India but they are like more like experts you know they are European experts who've been living in, in India in a place called Pondicherry uh, and they they've been making boats they've been they do some they shape boats 
uh, for the for the community here. It's called uh, I think Indie Shaping Boards, Indie Serve Boards, uh, and they've they've been the ones who've been doing it for quite some time. And yeah, they do some great boards. Beautiful. Um, and uh, where do you see surfing in India going from from here? Do you see the the big companies bringing us, you know, uh, you know, like a rip curl surf shop, uh, larger corporations coming in, or do you see this kind of homegrown thing growing and, and uh, you know, the locals kind of keeping it to themselves? Um, what what are the dynamics? Do you want to see large corporations coming in and helping out? Like, what what is it as uh, the leader of, of surfing in India? What, what is it that you want in the future? Yes. See, about a few years ago, we had Quicksilver and Ripical coming into India. I think uh, with Quicksilver, I think set up a few shops in, in, in some of the big cities in India. It didn't do well because they were their marketing thing was uh, was very, uh, was really not. Yeah. So, you know, that when, when they got Quicksilver into the country, which was backed by a very large Indian corporation, they really didn't have a clue about what surfing is all about. You know, they're they marketing people, the PR, you know, they didn't have a clue about surfing or the culture behind surfing. They didn't work with any of the surfers or the surf community, really. And the stores really didn't do much. You know, they didn't do much sales. And I think after a few years, uh, they had to shut shops and they had they shut all their stores uh, in about three cities. I think they had their stores in about three major cities in India and they had to shut shop. And we actually played a role, uh, you know, where we helped a friend to bring Rip Curl to the country because we had some connection with Ripcurl because we had done some of the some of their search trips in India, so we had some connections and uh, we got. I mean, we helped a friend to bring Ripcurl, and again, it was too pricey. And what we realized, what we realized was all these companies were pricing their products like how they normally price in US or in Europe and Australia. And for the Indian market, you know, it didn't uh, really make any sense uh, to be selling the surf accessories or the goods. For, for such a high price. And thing was, thing was, these goods were obviously made in Asia, went back to these countries and came back again from there. And it didn't really make any sense. And that kind of like, uh, uh, you know, made us realize that we need a homegrown brand. And uh, because in India, is a, India is a huge uh, textile, you know, it's, it's a big hub. We can actually manufacture a number of things. Uh, you know, we can create apparel, we can create a number of products just right here within the country and for now at the moment i think it's all we're going to see mostly homegrown brands you know who are doing in a small scale and all that for perhaps probably in the future when the market is big and huge you know some of these brands may come back again in the future if they get their uh, strategy right uh, they, they can have some good uh, you know presence probably in the future yeah it sounds like they completely blew it yeah uh, it was completely a, a disaster for them yeah well i'm 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 you know you guys are you got it dialed in and it's uh you know the the dumb americans coming in again and and not understanding the the local culture but um culture's king right yeah the culture is something very important and i think it wasn't like uh yeah it just takes time you know you need to have patience you need to like really work you know it's not uh india is a very tough market it's a, it's a, it's a whole it's not one country with one culture it's all so many different cultures within the country, you know, every hundred kilometer, you know, every 50 miles, you know, the, everything changes, you know, the culturally, geographically, 
you know, the cuisine, everything just changes. So it's uh, it's a very difficult market for any of the large corporations to just come in and set up something. Yeah, that's a great lead kind of to my next question. Uh, so, so much of India from what I've read is a, a class system. You have um, uh, different uh, socioeconomic levels and um, so much to what we just described, uh, the brands probably didn't understand that, you know, most of India um, is, is, doesn't have a lot of money, you know, to spend on these, these goods like Americans. And, you know, one thing I, I've kind of noticed as I travel, surfing is, the activity of surfing is a very luxurious thing. Um, you know, you have to uh, have free time. You, you have to be able to drop all you're doing to catch the swell at the right time. So it's a, it's a luxurious activity um, ha, it, as far as what I've seen in America. Um, you know, people with money um, are the ones who are going surfing and buying surfing goods. Um, how does it stack up in India? Um, are, are many different classes, so to speak, of, of individuals surfing? Or is it just one certain class? And um, what, do you, what, is, what do you have to say there? Yes. So it's a very interesting question once again, and uh, you know we, I could easily break it down to about two to three different uh, you know uh, parts. So that is you know in, in India you know the whole surfing kind of like started with with the fishermen community getting into surfing. I, I in not everywhere, but at most of the majority of the places, you know it's the fishing community which uh, because they were they know the ocean very well. And they spend so much time next to the going to the ocean every single day, you know, for fishing and all these things. They were the first community. They were some of the very first communities who got into surfing. Who really, uh, you know, apart from us, because we didn't come from a fishing background, uh, we were the exception. But in the early years, it was a fishing community who got into surfing, who set up their base. They set up, uh, you know, small surf schools and clubs and communities across India. But from there onward. A lot of people from the elite class, you know, whether people, you know, working regular jobs, uh, you know, from the banking, from industrial, uh, you know, thing, a lot of young students, uh, everyone's getting into surfing now. So now there's very different the socioeconomic uh, background, uh, you know, whether it's from the fishing, whether it's from the students who live in the cities, or, you know, elite people who come and take lessons. Because in the, right now in India, the biggest surf industry, the, the booming surfing, Industry is uh, is all the surf schools. You know, the, everyone's busy. Everyone's getting a ton of people uh, from all class of uh, society who are coming and taking lessons or who are getting introduced to surfing. Uh, and I think there is a whole uh, rise in educated, well uh, you know well paid job uh, people. You know, people in very good uh, uh, corporate jobs or you know people who run their own small businesses. You know they are all getting into surfing. Uh, they've got that, uh, that you know, that vibe now. You know, which, which is all about, you know, being in the ocean and riding waves. You know, it's really caught on. They got the bug now. So now today we are seeing everyone kind of like, especially in the water, and that's the most beautiful part. You know, like everyone from each background, no matter where they come from, they're all blending in together uh, in the ocean, and that's what surfing has really done in India, which is fantastic. That sounds incredible, just absolutely incredible. And it seems not only from a cultural standpoint, bringing people together of all backgrounds, uh, it also seems like going forward into the future that the yeah. surfing culture is gonna be well-primed to have um, new children grow up to be great surfers someday and um, do great things. So 
that's that's really incredible. Um, Ram, tell me tell me what your premium wave is in India. Where where is it on the subcontinent that if you had your little helicopter uh, that, that that you'd get up in and, and get to? Well, yeah. what what what's that dream wave? Okay, so I think when it comes to like some of the world class breaks, you know what we are talking about is about you know perfect six foot five six foot waves barreling you know so these waves come in in Lakshadweep island uh on the on the west coast uh, it's much closer to maldives in the set of islands it's kind of like an extension of maldives you could say but it's part of india uh, and it's heavily restricted and you can only kind of like go on a certain time in a certain way you could only access those islands which makes it even more special and that's where you know i met uh, avg you know because we organized a trip it was our secret spot which we discovered so about 10 years ago when we did that trip with avg you know we took him there along with uh, a few other pro surfers back then and uh, so those th those are very uh, premium you know world-class surf bricks and then there is other there's a whole other bunch of islands on the on the most eastern uh, side of the of, of the subcontinent uh, it's called andaman islands you know, it's Andaman Island, much closer to Indonesia, actually. And it gets that big swell uh, from from Sumatra, from the Sumatran Islands coming up. Uh, and those Andaman Islands, Andaman and Nicobar Islands have a whole lot of uh, setup. And there's so many different islands. Uh, some have not been explored. We don't know what's in there. You know, it's very hard to access them, go to uh, certain places and certain islands. Uh, but there's certain places you can access and, you know, they get some amazing waves. Uh, so those two, you know, island groups are are the best uh, if you take the if you take the entire subcontinent. Now, if we come to the mainland, forget the islands. If you come to the mainland, you know, where it's easily accessible and all, there is about half a dozen surf breaks, you know, which can get really good. Uh, the one on uh, on the east coast is called Mahabalipuram. It's an ancient temple town, Mahabs. Uh, Mahabs and that particular stretch, uh, Mahabs and Kolong Point, it's all, they're all point breaks, uh, neatly sitting, uh, and they get about three to four months of amazing surf uh, uh, throughout the year. And on the what, west coast, from where- and I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. what months are those? Those are on the east coast, it's about starting May, right, right now, uh, you know, May to September is, is, the, is the prime season on the, on the east coast and on the west coast again april and may is amazing where we are uh Mangalore and uh, south southern kerala you know there's some really great setups there as well and uh, again the best months are from april to about october october november epic information thank you very much for for enlightening us to that i'm, I'm sure lots out there are going to be like Figuring, figuring out when their next trip is going to be. Um, so I, I, I really want to share, uh, you know, like more information with you. Like I'll probably send you some links to all these love different that. surf spots, you know, and the whole whole culture, you know, where I actually written quite a few articles about, uh, you know, like in-depth uh, surfing culture and surf spots and everything about India, you know, I'm sure. Dude, that would be epic. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just for those out there listening, uh, Ram's going to come onto uh, the Global Surf Gallery website with a few pieces. So maybe we'll get some uh, some visuals from these locations there and uh, as well as uh, links to to uh, these articles.
that he's that he's crafted. So um, I'm I'm really excited to to get you in the gallery here in the coming days. Uh, hopefully, when this releases, um, let's let's shift gears a little bit and go into your your process. Okay, so yeah. you 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 do extensive traveling to all these different surf breaks, raw rugged beaches. Uh, you know. I'm, I'm uh, guessing there's not a lot of medical around as in hospitals or, you know, so you're, you're very uh, self-sufficient. You're on your own. I'm sure safety is, uh, is your premium um, objective and then comes your artistic um, uh, output. So um, set us up. What, what is it when you, that goes through your head, through your mental space, when you uh, enter a, a new beach um, or a beach you've, you've been to many times and swum at before of kind of break down your protocols. Yeah. I mean, safety comes first. Absolutely. And when I, when we do travel, especially to, to newer places, uh, you know, obviously I look into, you know, conditions, you know, I look at, look around, uh, let the surfers, you know, let the surfers go, let them, you know, get an idea about how things are and how the, how the surf uh, is going, you know, how the wave conditions are, how the ocean, is uh, going about its thing. And then, you know, after getting a feedback from them, uh, then you gain some confidence to enter water, uh, especially in sketchy areas, you know, because the islands can have a lot of marine life, it's all reef breaks, uh, you know, so you kind of like assess the, uh, the location, talk to the surfers, you know, and then you kind of like do your best uh, and uh, adapt to the, to, the, to the situation. And also at times, you know, if you know that you're not, comfortable doing something, you know, if you think the, whether the conditions uh, as a location, uh, it could be even sometimes you know, all these restrictions, you know, uh, at some places uh, you have a lot of heavily militarized zones are there, you know, you can't even enter a certain beach or certain area of a certain island because it has a naval base or it's an air force base or something. So, you know, you gotta just have to sit out, you know, you can't really do much about those things. Um, so yeah, a lot of things uh, come into play for sure. And you just have to go by what you can do the best and uh, assess and, but yeah, safety is important. And um, kind of break down, do you come into a situation knowing uh, what it is you're going to, going to uh, use as far as your equipment goes? Are you, um, you know, how do you decide if you need to shoot land? How are you deciding if uh, you need to be in the water, if so, where are you putting yourself? Um, what are the different factors that go into your um, your process? Yes, uh, I'm always prepared to shoot both land and water. You know, wherever I go, I'm traveling. You know, with enough equipment and gear. Uh, you know, to adapt and to shoot everything. But I also have a lot of idea. You know, like before I go, I do a lot of research. I try to see, you know, how it is set up. You know, what's the best time? What's the best lighting? We could get to get the shots. So a number of things, you know. If, if, if you know, sometimes it's better to shoot on the land from the land because the wave is breaking in a certain way and the lighting is better that way, whatever. And sometimes it's good to really get into water and get some water shots uh, because you know that's that's the best time of the day. Uh, the surfer wants to get a certain kind of shots. A number of things. So yeah, but the thing is to be prepared for both. Uh, prepared for the both and see the conditions, what is best and adapt to that particular situation, yeah. I see you are uh, affiliated with GoPro. 
how how does the GoPro camera incorporate into your spectrum? Is it all encompassing? Um, do you use um, it for just certain things? Um, how how do you use the tool, the GoPro? Yeah, so GoPro is something kind of like I use it for mostly for a lot of fun things which I do around surfing. You know, it's nothing editorial work, not much of editorial uh, search. Uh, it is kind of like a lot of BTS is shot on GoPros. Uh, I shoot, I use GoPros for my own surfing, you know, just put it on a surfboard or something. Uh, that is just for the quick, uh, you know, content creation and just, you know, use the, the versatility of the, the camera, which, is, which, which a GoPro is. So that's something I really use GoPro for. Apart from GoPro, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a Sony camera, which I use with the housing, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's great for some, you know, if I want to get a particular kind of shot, sort of editorial work uh, gets done with my uh, other set of cameras. But, uh, but, but GoPros, yeah, I mean, GoPros are something which I've used for a very long time uh, because that was something affordable before I bought some of the expensive cameras. So that's something you know I've been using for a very long time, and you know it's nowadays you can really get some great content even with smaller GoPros. Uh, so yeah, I love shooting with them, and whatever I shot with GoPro was something which they loved. And you know when they came to India uh, about five years ago, when they had a big uh, GoPro was launched in India in a big way, and you know I kind of got on their uh, uh, you know ambassadors from India. Awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, with with um, with that in mind, um, when you're shooting um, and you're out there, I would like to know what what gets you going most in your headspace. Um, is it getting a really cool shot of a surfer on a wave, or is it an empty wave that that gets you going? And this is, um, you know, uh, economics aside. Um, this is more the the creative juices um what percolates your brain most uh i think both and i i really love uh shooting both the surfer uh who's completely doing a, you know he's surfing you know he's in his element a lot of amazing action shots and i love shooting that uh, and i also love shooting just empty artsy you know ocean images just empty waves or you know patterns in the water in the ocean i've equally i've started equally enjoying both because I think, I mean, obviously I started as a surf photographer and, you know, I used to shoot a lot of surfing only. And, but I was not, for many years, I was not really shooting empty waves as such. I wasn't really shooting just empty waves or ocean images, uh, not, a, not a great deal. Uh, it's only in the last few years, I felt like, you know, like, as you said, my creative juices, like, and I really want to creatively, uh, you know, shoot. I, I just want to spend more time in the ocean, whether it is, you know, because, you only shoot surf when so many things have to come in, right? The the surfer has to be there. He has to be a good surfer. It has to be great conditions, you know, some really good swell. And that's when I used to get in and shoot. But a lot of the times when that was not the case, I hardly go to the, you know, to the water. And I really wanted to fill in, you know, replace that gap, you know. And that is when I started shooting a lot of uh, empty uh, waves and seascapes and ocean images as well and now i equally enjoy both and uh, you know I've, I've shot some really cool photos in the last few years uh, yeah i mean it's, it's great and mostly for creative there's not much economy there's not much uh, money to be made with surf photography or you know with ocean photography uh, but it's just really 
kind of like I missed that last comment. You broke up. Tell me one more time. Uh, I think uh, shooting, uh, surfing, and ocean images now is just although there's not much, uh, you know, economically, you know, I may not be earning. I hardly make any money out of it. It really fulfills my uh, creative uh, quench, you could say. You know, creatively, it just really fulfills my quench. I love that. I love that so much. And and really, that's that's what it's all about is is you and what it, what it's in your heart. And that's the reason you got into the game in the first place. You didn't exactly. get into the game for the money. You got into it because no, of what no. it what it does right here. Yes, in the, in the center. Um, you know, let's let's perfect transition into my next question. So you are a a um, I've read a lover of philosophy. Philosophy yeah. uh, sits high in your in your spiritual world. Um, before yeah. we get in deeper to that, what what does the aesthetic of water, philosophy speaking, um, what what does the aesthetic of water mean to to you, and how would you describe it? Yeah, uh, you could say you know just being in the ocean. Uh, I mean, this is everyone agrees. You know, all surfers anyone who loves ocean or being in the water they we all enjoy that you know how we could just leave everything behind and not worry about anything while you're in water while you're surfing or while you're shooting you know while you're whatever you're doing in the in the water you know whatever you love the most you know you're pretty much leaving everything behind you're going with your empty mind pretty much you know you're not taking your whatever joy happiness sorrow nothing to the water pretty much you go with an empty blank uh, head and you surf you kind of like you're only worrying about you know what's the next wave you're going to be catching what's the next wave you're going to be riding how you're going to be riding how you're going to uh, be taking a, a really an amazing photo of something you know so that's all in your mind mostly most of the time or if you're with your mates you know you might be just talking about general things just laid back you know you're not too serious while in the water unless you're a competitive surfer or whatever Otherwise, everyone else, which is 99% of the surfers are ocean people, you know, that's what they're focused on. And in India, especially like from, from a very philosophical perspective, you know, we see ocean as, a, as an extension of, uh, of, the, of the supreme, you know, of the, of the almighty. You know, it, it's an extension which needs to be protected, which needs to be nurtured, which we are part of, you know. So that's, that's the mindset we should, uh, we have. It is that you know we are just a very small, uh, you know, small element, of, you know, of, of the larger scheme of things. Uh, so that's that's the mindset we keep, and uh, we work on it as well. You know, it's not something. So that's what we would like to see. You know, we want many of many of us to see ocean, uh, see the nature around us as uh, as something large, which needs to be you know nurtured and protected because we are part of it as well. So that's the mindset uh, we kind of generally take uh, when we go into water. Very deep. That, that speaks to me very, very hard. Can, can you kind of elaborate more on the working on it part? Um, what, what particularly um, are you working on? Uh, I can imagine what you mean, but I want to hear from your, from your mouth. Yeah, so right now, you know, we have a lot of, uh, you know, we have an NGO which works very closely with uh, bringing uh, children and we want more people to come into water because in India, that's the biggest uh, thing what we don't have is that many people, although I think about 500 million, 500 million people live along the coastline of India. Now, India is such a long coastline. 
and there is so many people live along the coastline and with an exception uh, of fishermen community people don't have that connection with the ocean people don't have that connection with the water it's kind of like seen as a very scared thing you know entering water are going to a beach i mean many people go to the beach because they all everyone loves beaches for sure but nobody enters water you know and water is seen as something which is very fearful let, let me pause uh, you know, there it's not something which is ignored yeah so so uh let's in contrast that with a country like australia that yeah. most of the population lives on the coast australia has an incredibly strong swimming culture so they yeah. have pools on the beach where people learn to swim they have nippers uh where everyone's yeah. a lifeguard um so india with a similar setup doesn't have the swimming culture is that what i'm gathering exactly exactly so we don't people don't know how to swim here people i mean i think uh, majority of them now yes uh, you know in the in the cities in the, in the larger cities people who are quite well off people who are well to do you know they send their kids to pools uh, they get their kids to learn swimming but majority as a culture we don't have it you know like probably we have 1.3 billion people in india about uh, you could say about 80 to 90% of them don't know how to swim uh we don't have the culture at all you know we don't have the beach culture we don't have the ocean culture people don't speak nothing so given that you know as a surf community as someone who's right there next to the beach you know our one of the things what we are doing is to bring more kids into the program get more kids into surfing uh get more girls into surfing uh and so that's one of the things and obviously the thing is we all have the bigger huge problem which is the plastic pollution you know the oceans getting filled with plastic the beaches are polluted so that's so those are some of the initiatives which we do uh under you know under the foundation which we got under the surf club we not try to bring in more kids because they are the future right they are the ones if you get them right i mean if you set them up right you know they're going to be the leading in the future so we do a lot of those things you know where you know we are introducing them to surfing because once you're introduced to surfing once you introduced to to the ocean uh, you're bound to care about it you're bound to protect it uh, for the for the future generation so there's a lot yeah so we are doing a quite a bit of work uh, not just us i think almost every surf community in in, in india they're all doing that you know they're all focusing on uh, these kind of things you know which is which which is which is great great to see that happening that that's just epic and just to kind of uh, box that in it's about teaching people how to swim especially yeah. the youth teaching them about the environment not to pollute the ocean and then teaching them uh, how to be present at the beach uh philosophically speaking uh with water and and that is the work um i i, I yeah. love it that's a that's a trifecta of of beauty right there absolutely yeah i think we we all believe we can all agree that you know sir you are i'm just talking about here it can be you know any part of the world you know where surfing thrives the, the whole community thrives about it ocean is much cleaner the beaches are much cleaner you know people are just more much more happier for sure you know as well you know surfing surfing has that uh, thing in it which can really change uh, you know it, which it, it can do wonders ram that's so epic um i i have uh, two more questions for you here um absolutely i i i could speak for with you uh for the entire day but i know you you're you're a busy man and uh, again i'm i'm 
just grateful that that you're coming to us with this uh, incredible insight. Um, you know, speaking to the youth, uh, we, we just uh, brought the youth into the conversation. Um, what advice do you have for the youth? What advice do you give to the youth um, or those who are uh, young at heart throughout the world um, who might uh, want to engage water on an aesthetic level, whether it be uh, just present at the ocean, whether it be um, one who wants to capture this presence and share it with others? Um, give us give us some tips. Uh, I'm not I'm not a huge uh, you know like an amazing expert or a huge uh, like accomplished you could say you know i'm just a guy who's been doing it for some time in a place like india but what i could say from my experience is don't do it for you know for the fame or for the money and you know these are not the things this this can happen much later on obviously you know but now i mean we know a lot of people do certain things now for social media just for instagram or just for uh just to get a lot more uh you know eyes on you so that that's should not be the reason. I think you know, a lot of people get sucked into a number of things now. With it, I'm not just talking about ocean or surfing or whatever. You know, whatever it is, it should not be for uh, for 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 others to validate you. You know, that's more important. The second thing is obviously the money. You know, the financial uh, uh, thing. You know, if you're really passionate about something, uh, you know, those things are gonna come at at some point for your passion to kind of like fulfill your uh, uh, passion and pursue that passion. So that those you know you should do it in the right uh, frame of mind for the right interest and eventually everything pays off you know whether it is financially or whether it is as a, as a kind of some kind of validation when you attain a certain fame and success those things will definitely come through uh, you know if, because i was having this similar conversation with some of the best surf photographers like morgan Masson, who's a very good friend because we kind of both started at the same time you know very accomplished uh, I was also had a similar conversation with Chris Bucard when we did a surf trip. Uh, these guys, you know, and even AVG, you know, these guys they didn't start to attain that fame or that success or that recognition. They purely started out because they loved ocean. They, they were so passionate about uh, pursuing it. Everything else was secondary. And once they kind of like went in with that pure, uh, you know, mindset, uh, you know, the the results came out that amazing. And everything else followed. So that would be my advice, you know, kind of like just pursue something for the right reason, and the rest will come. The rest will eventually fall in place, fall in line. Dude, that is spot on. So well said. Just gold. Um, I want to, I want to uh, bookend this great conversation with a uh, a large macro question. Um, uh, according to to Ram, what is the meaning of life? Wow. <laughs> I think the meaning of life, you could say, I mean, the reason I used to be and the reason was, uh, you know, I think the reason I picked that name, even before I knew Jamie O'Brien, even before I knew his job, I had- Hold on, because you broke up a second. Me, Hold on, time out, time yeah. out. Uh, you broke up a second. You, you, you said, uh, who is Ram? That, that's your, that's your yeah. Instagram handle, okay? So that's the part I just missed. Yeah. So uh, continue there. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I picked that username, and that was many years ago, even before I knew uh, Jamie O'Brien, and I didn't know he had a name, a similar thing called Who's Job. Uh, and the reason I picked that username was back then, you know, because I myself was kind of like exploring or searching, uh, you know, 
what life is all about you know what who we are you know why are we doing what we are doing here uh, you know who is who is shan or who is ram or who is such and such person you know what what is the purpose of life and these were some of the questions which i i used to i used to ask back then and even today you know i'm on a path where i'm discovering a lot of lot of things about myself and that's you know and that and that's a journey in itself right you know it's not something you ponder about you know a few days or a few weeks and this is a question which we all keep asking from time to time you know about where we are going what we want to do uh you know in our lives you know and how how could we have an impactful life around us not just about you it's just about you know your you your friends family the community live you live around and what kind of an impact you're going to have on all of them uh and you know these are the questions and this is this is what life is all about is to kind of like really pay attention to what's happening around you uh the kind of impact you can have on others uh that's 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 uh, very important and if one thinks deeply about these things about uh uh you know about all these different aspects i think uh that that kind of like answers should answer the uh you know the question brilliant so uh i believe socrates said um know thyself and it sounds like ram is saying know thyself is the meaning of life is is that is yes, is that yes. what i'm hearing yes absolutely you know so if you you know know your purpose in life and if you know what you can do uh you know to impact within your own you know friends family and community and that yeah that can lead to greater things for surely yeah that can kind of like really bring out the purpose of the life then you know you can i think a whole, a whole lot is revealed when you are aware about these kind of basic things in life yeah so epic and and well said uh ram i'm just um in all of this conversation we just had again i i could continue this on all day you're you're an epic individual and i i really i can't wait to come hopefully visit you someday god willing and uh or should i say god's willing and um and let's uh let's get together in the flesh someday and um again thank you so much for your time today thanks sean i think uh, i mean i really uh enjoyed answering most of the questions i really loved uh, i mean i wish i could uh you know kind of like probably one day sit face to face and you know have a very deep uh, more insightful uh, you know uh, you know share more insightful experiences and talk about many of these kind of topics which i really enjoy talking about because normally we get on a lot of these interviews or podcasts and people mostly talk about you know just very you know they just touch the surface and i think this particular podcast i really enjoyed because we really uh, dived into some of these very deeper aspects of life and ocean and surfing and you know all these things Uh, so that was really great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Well, well, thank you so much again, and I would love to have you in a round two uh, coming in the in the future because, yeah. um, as, as you just said, speaking from water is about those deep things. You know, we want to get deep into the thought process. Absolutely. I too am a lover of philosophy, uh, Eastern and Western. Um, any any deep thought is uh, is something that that percolates me as much as a sunbeam hitting a. ocean surface so um i just uh uh you know thank you again awesome awesome and i really want to share certain things because i think there's been a quite a few interesting articles about surfing but it touches a lot about the philosophy 
especially my guru in you know surfing swami you know i think he's answered and you know he's done a great uh, series of uh, you know about certain things in life especially about surfing and water about nature and all these things which i i really want to share it with you and you can probably put it under the in the description area for any of the viewers to catch on that as well That'd so are are these writings you've done yes uh, there's some writings there's some certain articles out there on internet which i would be i'll be sharing with you you know which is, Perfect. Which is great you know it would be a great read for you yeah yeah i would i would love to check that out and we'll put it in the, the description below uh these links and um and then again i would love to have you on a, a round 2 after i digest this material that you put out and um and we can get into it again awesome awesome you know i'll be really looking forward to that yeah